Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Becky Young from Rainbow Rabbits Games, the publisher of Rainbow Bunny Bob. Becky also hosts an event twice a year for local game designers to showcase their games. Becky, welcome to The Binge. How are you doing? Good. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Wow, we finally made it. We got you on the podcast. Yeah. I've been uh, following you for a little while on uh, on TikTok. And uh, man, it is, uh, it's cool to, to kind of find other creators and other designers through these social media platforms. And I think that's kind of the the point, I guess, right. To kind of throw things out there with, uh, with yours specifically, you had some advice you were offering. I think it was on, um, uh, was, uh, Amazon. You're, Amazon you had a little, yeah. You had like a little uh, spreadsheet. So, Hey, I use a spreadsheet for uh, advertising on Amazon. If anybody out there wants to, uh, to use it, maybe they can have some, uh, help them DM me and I'll, I'll send you a list. So of course I DM you, you sent me the other thing and then that's how we got connected. So, Welcome and thank you <laughs> for yeah, providing me for that. Having me. Yeah, it was awesome. So, Becky, how did like you're a fellow Canadian, right? Mm -hmm. But you're mm -hmm. not in Canada. So let's start there. Why are you not in Canada as a Canadian? I am not in Canada um, because I work at Amazon. I guess that's the shortest, the shortest answer. Um, however, the first this isn't the first time I've lived in the states. I we moved to Seattle back in 2004 when BlackBerry. Mm. bought a company out in Seattle and they said, who wants to go manage this company as part of BlackBerry? And my husband was like me. Wow. So, yeah. So we've kind of been back and forth a couple of times. Um, Seattle is just, it's like, a, it feels very Canadian um, in like cultural sure. ways, lots of the same values and everything. Um, however, there are incredible mountains here that they just, yeah, they call your name. Once, once you've seen a mountain in a skyline and you know that that could be something you see every day, it's hard to, it's hard to walk away from that. I've had friends tell me that uh, Seattle is very similar to Vancouver in, in terms yeah. of uh, not only the, the scenery, but even like culturally is very, very similar. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like living really quite in the States. Um, it's a, it's a bit of a bubble. <laughs> So how long have you been board gaming for? Is this something you've been doing your whole life or is this something you got into more recently or how did the board gaming kind of enter your, enter your life? Um, well, board game playing my whole life with my family, but like not, you know, I'm talking Scrabble, Monopoly, yeah. Dominoes, but that was like a, you know, at least once a week, Sunday dinner, we would all play a board game together. That was sort of like the family tradition. Um, but getting into like board games more heavily, I guess I, you know, in my thirties, I learned about Catan and that mm. kind of became like a thing that like, Hey, if we were all sitting around drinking, why not like pull out Catan and play that together. Um, but the making of a board game really came when I was working at Amazon on developer marketing for app store. So okay. I was in this headspace of making games, but mobile games, I wasn't making them, but I was helping developers, you know, once they've developed their games, how do they like sell them and get the most out of putting them up on a marketplace? Um, so I was just in that headspace of gameplay for, you know, four, four years and it just kind of snowballed from there. Wow. So was it like, 
again, Settlers of Catan and kind of looking at that saying, wow, this is maybe something I can, you know, I know I've had the experience in the digital side. There might be something I can do on my own or how did that kind of come about? Uh, no, that was completely random. I guess the game, the gateway to that led me to building the one that I was building was uh, Dutch Blitz. So if you're familiar with that game, mm. um, that's a super fun, like, so I'm, I'm definitely more in the, like, if you can play the card game or if you can play a game with like a regular deck of cards, like that's my jam because you can play thousands of games with a regular deck of cards. Sure. Um, Dutch, and then Dutch Blitz is really just, you know, a modified version of a game called Nurse. Um, but yeah, actually someone just left blank cards at my desk and I declared like everyone gets to go home. We're all going to go make board games or card games. And then on Monday we'll all show each other what we made. And so like, I just, I thought everyone was taking that challenge seriously. So I went home and I sat down with my daughter and I was like, okay, like everyone at work is making a game this weekend so that we can come and play them on Monday. We got to do this. Um, (laughs) We like, we worked on it the whole weekend until we got, to what we have and then i got to work on monday and not a single person even tried oh, was this like a team building exercise or like did you have a bunch of gamers or like how did that come about it seems like such a strange thing like in a work environment that's non-board game well, related say yeah yeah it was because we were doing developer marketing and it was game related is still you know like if we can be in the mind space of making games i think that still helped us mm. as like a team understand you know where board game or where game developers are coming from right like um it was just a way to get into their shoes um but i was the only person who took it seriously and like in in a lot of ways developing a board game or a card game is a lot easier if you don't have any skills than trying to like make a mobile game right like because you need to have some basic more you have to know game mechanics plus like programming and things like that. yeah yeah so this was sort of like a you know, for all of us who weren't that tech savvy, what could we, what could we do that sort of helped us get into that headspace? So um, I was the only one that took it seriously, but it was good because then my game was the one that we all played and we played it a lot and everyone's like, well, you got to do the next thing. And so. Was the team, um, so when you brought it, like, what was the reaction where people were like, oh, I didn't realize that we actually were people taking this seriously or like, or is it well, they all cut- or what? Well, no, like everyone, I'm kind of a goofy person. So like everyone kind of was like rolling their eyes. Like you didn't really think that we were going to do this. And I was like, I don't know. Like I, I thought maybe that one, at least one of us would come out and be surprising. And like, I thought, you know, I wouldn't be the only one. Um, But everyone was super jazzed to, well, when I was like, let's play my game. They're like, yeah, 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 whatever. Um, And then we played it and it was fun. And then we played it a lot that day like it kind of like went from like my like team of five people to like oh like the team next to us is like what are you guys doing so they were playing and then the team next to them were like what are you guys doing so that they were playing and then it kind of it's such a strange thing like i remember the first couple games that i created um trying to get people to play them yeah and they they don't take it seriously they're like eh, yeah you know it's almost like you feel like you're having to like really pull their arm and get them to sit down and, and, and try the game and then the same reaction right then once they play it, they're like oh that's, that's actually a lot of fun yeah it, it's kind of getting them to that that point and obviously after you've done more titles and you know then people are kind of that belief is inherently there that okay this person's probably got something here and i'm going to you know sit down and take it seriously but 
how did you go about outside of that group getting the play testing people? going? Yeah, get convinced <laughs> people to play, yeah. right? Like, yeah, this is the first time you've created a game out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, yeah, who's going to, oh, you created a game? Cool. Like, bye, see you later. Um, yeah. There was probably two moments that were, um, kind of pivotal in me, like continuing instead of just giving up and being like, that was fun. I can move on with my life. Um, one was Seattle Indies, which is primarily mobile and video games was hosting some kind of a demo event. And I asked, I was like, can I come? My game is not mobile or video game. And they were like, yeah, sure. Why not? And I literally like sat at the table, like alone, and like anytime someone walks by, I'd be like, do you want to play my game with me? Um, and everyone kind of like, gave, like everyone gave me this kind of like, not really. And then I would be like, it takes two minutes. And then they would be like, okay, fine. Like two minutes I can do. Most people would say like, oh, I'm not really into board games anyway. I'm like, neither am I. You're going to be the perfect person for this game. Because, yeah. um, you know, like I think the the mindset was like, this is going to be complicated. There's going to be a lot of rules. Um, and then I just played with all these people, random people who were there to play video games while they were, you know, walking around. Um, and just in that, I never did a proper play test where I did surveys, but like playing the game with lots and lots of strangers and just seeing like the parts of things that they didn't like. So, you know, there were way more rules and I just kept taking out rules as I went like over the years until I got it to like, it's still fun, but it's way easier. There's no scoring anymore. Everyone seems to hate scoring. Um, so I was like, yeah, screw it. Who needs scoring? When people say no scoring, let's not do scoring. Um, so that was one, one thing. And the people still give me that look. Like I was at a blue highway games this weekend and those people are in the store to buy games. Yeah. And they still kind of give you the look when you're like, do you want to play my game with me? Um, but. I did that. I was at a, I don't know if it was a developer night or it was one of these nights, same thing where actually, no, it was actually a meetup. I went to one of the local meetups uh, with my, my first game that I published and, and like, it was a full like working prototype, like professionally made, like it, it looked like the, the final game. And uh, so I, I'm talking to people about the, I'm like, you know, this is what this game is about and so forth. So somebody comes over the table and look down on it and the, we're like, do you want to join us? Like, well, what is this? So I explain the game and they're looking at the pieces and they're like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> they walk yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> it's it like, definitely well, has happened. Yeah. yeah. And you got, you can't take it personally, obviously, but it's just like, it kind of made me laugh. Right. It's like, you just invested five minutes, but you could have been playing, ask me questions about the game. And but then change want, your mind. Yeah, but you didn't want to sit down and actually play it, which I thought was kind of funny. So so when yeah. you create your first, so I want to go back to that first time you brought it after that weekend. Was it hand-drawn? Was it printed on your printer? What did you show your colleagues? It was it was like those Game Crafter blank white cards. Okay. With Avery label stickers mm. on the front and the back. So like, because there are, in the game, there are four decks. So they had, you know, each deck had its own little symbol on the back so you could sort it at the end. And then yeah. the front stickers were the color, um, red, orange, yellow, green, blue. So, yeah. And I, I had drawn, I wish I had it. I can't walk away because it'll make the weird sound. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I had it closer. Um, this is kind of like what, how badly it was drawn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I had, I had made little rabbits um, as part of the color things, because I just, I wanted to make them rabbits. I, I think and I your, like alliteration. 
Kickstarter page, I think you actually have that first image uh, or if uh, it shows, I think your first drawing of that rabbit was on your actual Kickstarter page, was it not? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's not that yeah. far off from the final rabbit that was on the game though. No, well, and this is like, it's been redesigned again, yeah. which, yeah. And so like, I've learned like over the last five years, I've learned how to use tools to do like digital illustration. So, which is for me, the like the most fun part is the creative piece yeah. of it. Um, of like the rabbits and I'm kind of like, they're my babies. They have names, they have personalities. So, yeah. What I think is interesting is the comment you made about having more rules and pulling and taking things out. Yeah. Right. Cause often when you see somebody doing game design, they're thinking, what else can I add in? Right. They start off with kind of like a base and then they, they start adding kind of layers onto the game and you did the opposite. You took a game that had many layers and you start kind of peeling back to, okay, what is the core essence of this game? Was that just by luck uh, through the feedback of people or was it something that you kind of had planned by being influenced through the tech industry or something like that? No, it was definitely not. I don't think it was luck or planning. It was just, um, I guess, you know, I'm in marketing and so I'm supposed yeah. to be tuned into what customers want and like adapt what we do to meet customer needs. So I think maybe it's just like inherent in how I approach making things for customers. Sure. Um, yeah. But it's just, yeah. When you see people playing, like watching people play the game and then kind of losing steam at the end because they had to do scoring. I was yeah. like, that's an obvious piece of friction for people to want to jump into the next game. Like, and if, you know, if I can get people to play five games in a row, like that's a win. So like, what do yeah. I do to get people to play five games in a row that are shorter, um, that get, you know, that gives them that high the whole time instead of having the highs and lows. So it was just kind of a little bit, you know, a little, little by little, like it wasn't all at once. Um, but kids were the other play testers. So I had yeah. gone to my daughter's school during like the end of year Olympics. And I said, can I have a table? And I just had a lineup of children the whole day, just waiting their turn to play against me. Um, I made like a modified game. So it was faster. Uh, and they just, they just like loved it. And they just stayed in line and they echoed the same thing that adults said. They're like, I don't want to count. Or like, you know, I don't like the color indigo. Um, some things I vetoed, like the color indigo is scientific. So it stays <laughs> in, <laughs> but um, yeah, just playing with, a whole bunch of age groups and none of them professional play testers, which for this type of game is perfect because yeah. these are, these are the people that are going to be buying it off of Amazon or like, these are the people that grandmas are buying for their grandkids. So I, it, I, for me, I think the professional play test and I, there's a lot of value in professional play testers because they can really get into, sure. you know, things like balance and um, you know, how well is the theme tying into the game and things like that. But if I listen just to professional playtesters, there's titles I've launched that I wouldn't have launched that actually did very, very well for me. And I've had a lot of great feedback. And I think what can sometimes happen with, and I find this more so in casual games, right? So games mm -hmm. that are there for either gateway games or casual games where, you know, people that are either part of a gaming group or just joining and it's, you know, the game, maybe you pull it at the beginning of the night to get people warmed up. Or if you're trying to get, you know, my local meetup, usually have games will pull out when new members come to get them kind of warmed up and socializing with people, right? Those kind of games are more about the interaction with the people across the table with you. They're more about how quickly can I get through a game? They're more about thematically as it makes sense. It's more about how quickly can I explain the rules? 
all those things in my mind rank above, did I get the mechanics of this just perfect? And is this just perfectly balanced? And, and I think sometimes uh, it might be easy for some people to take some feedback from a professional um, uh, game uh, play tester and, and go in a different direction. And I had this on my, again, my first title, uh, we were using dice, right? So the key thing is you're using dice to, to move your tanks and you're using a, a dice to shoot, right? And it very much had that kind of risk feel to it. Like when I was growing up as kids, you know, you're rolling the dice and see if I, we're going to go to battle and see if I can beat the other person with a higher roll. The number of times in, in, in groups where I went uh, to, you know, professional prototyping nights and you got professional playtesters there saying, get rid of the dice. Dice are in the past. You got to go with cards. I need more agency. I don't like the fact there's luck and all these kind of things. And my, I remember that after the first time, my head was really spinning. I'm like, wow, maybe I, maybe I do need to get rid of the dice. Maybe I do need to bring in cards. Maybe I do need to add more agency. And then I went to the actual audience that played the game. And they actually love the fact that there's dice and they love the fact that right. there's luck and they love the fact that they can have an eight-year-old come and join the table and get lucky and end up throwing someone's plan out the window because they happen to have a row that a role that that person didn't necessarily think was going to happen. So um, I think it's okay to have an environment where you don't have perfect games and, and that they appeal to non-gamers, right? I, and I think there's a market for that for sure. Certainly a lot of the titles that we put out, but in a game like this, I can see that as well. Yeah. Well, it's actually funny you say that. So like over, you know, over time, like once I was solid on like, this is the game, this is good. People want it. People love it. People are playing it. Like I, I had, I had a ton of data just from like playing with people that it was good, at least good enough to like, for people to want to like bring out at yeah. casual game nights. Um, then I started meeting play testers and their feedback was, yeah. Like if I had met play testers, professional or play testers first, I would never have because because they're like it's too simple pink is a yeah. terrible color for this like bunnies make it super juvenile so it's like all of these things which would have i would have been like oh yeah they're all right i don't know what i'm doing oh this was a fun thing i did at work and i'll you know i'll go back to my day job yeah so yeah that's but good advice I am, yeah i am doing a game right now though where i definitely know that i need actual like yeah. play testers to play it because it is a little more complicated and so and it's more geared to a a, a gamer less so than a yeah. casual player i think it gets down to knowing your audience right yeah and uh, but the learning there i think is for people out there who are looking at maybe uh getting into the game industry or maybe have a, a game they've created themselves they're worried about it being overly simplistic maybe go to your local library right or or maybe go to um you know, something somewhere, a public area where you have a bunch of random people who aren't gamers to try it and, yeah. and get their feedback. Cause if you have a lot of people like that, they're saying, wow, I really like this. Then, you know, you've got something right. Then if you want to refine it, retool, then sure. You know, then, you know, the playtesting groups can really help with that. But I just, I, I feel bad for the, the individuals that they give up or, or leave the industry. Cause they think, Oh, I had an idea, but you know, obviously it's, you know, I had some people validated and it's just not a good idea. Right. That's yeah. to me is sad. Cause that's the person that maybe have could have had that game and that could have been the spark that got them doing a whole bunch of other stuff in the industry. Um, speaking of sparks, your, your daughter helped you with this game. So how is that dynamic? Did like, when you guys worked on it, like how much of it was her putting in rules? How much of it, how much of it was you like, how did that work when you guys did it over that weekend? So, well, the aha moment was from her. So I, the game I was trying to build was called Cactus Balloon. Um, 
and it was the idea that like you've got balloons and cactuses and they pop and like like I couldn't I I couldn't yeah sounds great on paper but I couldn't figure out how to make it work mechanically and like it just was garbage like you should have seen the pile of like notes crumpled Mm -hmm. up and thrown and she had lost interest like after the first hour and then I looked up and she had she had crayons because we were gonna once we decided what we were gonna do we were gonna color them in um she had she had organized all of her crayons in color order and I was like oh my god yes color order I've never seen a game that replaces number order with colors like and and that the mental that it has to to take for that and like she knows color order and I don't like as an adult I have I have a hard time with that so then we cut up construction paper and we played it a couple times and it was hard because construction paper is not good for flipping mm-hmm. um but I was like okay I think we've got something here um and then I like took it to the you know the cards with the the, the labels on it and we played that a couple times my husband played too um and we like you know refined it and played it a bunch so she was definitely part of like let's get this game working and and fun um the bunnies were definitely also inspired by her and her friend because they love bunnies but kind of after that point she's sort of become like the hype man for it <laughs> so in the back end like if my mom made a game and it's amazing yeah. um but like wanting to participate in anything else has kind of you know gone to the wayside she's like this is yours now like yeah was I the inspiration and did I help you like figure out like the main mechanic of the game? Absolutely. Yeah. But like my part is here is done. You may go do the rest. Um, and it's bad because she's an amazing artist, like way more talented than I am, but she won't, she won't, uh, she won't draw for me. So. Oh boy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Can, can, for people that don't know this game, maybe you can just quickly go over kind of the core essence of how to play. Like, is that, is that cool? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have a, Oh my God. It's still in plastic. So I have it on my screen here as well. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm going to do, I'm going to open up an old deck because that one's still in plastic. So everyone has their own deck. Um, there's flowers, butterflies, cupcakes, and hearts. Um, and each of them have their own little rabbit on it. And each deck has three rainbows complete inside. And you, everyone is just competing to get rid of their cards first. And to get rid of your card, you're building rainbows in the middle. So mm. rainbows start with red and then orange, yellow, green, blue. So like games like Nerds and Dutch Blitz, everyone plays simultaneously. So on go, everyone, I wonder if I can flip this down. Everyone's flipping like this. Mm. And if you find a red, you can put that in the middle. And then anyone can put an orange on top of that when one comes up in their deck. Oh, there's another red. Um, And so with a two-player game, you know, it's chaotic. With a three-player game, it starts to get slappy yeah. <laughs> uh, with a four player game with adults. There's a lot of swearing because, you know, people are flipping through and they're yelling the, the card number or the colors out. And they're, what do I do next? Or, you know, they, they try to play a color, but someone beats them and they F bomb. Um, so yeah. So what do you, what do you do if there's, if you can't, if you don't have the color to play or nobody does, is there a still hand? And then everybody, like I've, there's another game out there. I can't remember there's it has different symbols. And you're trying to match symbols up. I played this I, like a week, two weeks ago. And then when it gets stale, then everybody gets one more card. There's no stale. There's no stale. Okay. There's, there's no scenario where it could get stale because everyone has, there's, what is it? 12 complete rainbows. Mm. So, and all of them start with red and end with purple. 
So if you're flipping through and you're trying to exhaust your whole deck, there's never there's never an opportunity where just like, oh, there's no more green. Got it. Unless someone has lost the card somewhere and then, <laughs> then you have happens. to buy a new deck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I guess get rid of all the green cards and skip that. I don't know what you would do for that. So you did this campaign, was it two years ago you you were oh, on Kickstarter? Three years? 20, 2018. Okay. So a few years ago. And no, then, a long time. And then did you, when you produce, obviously there's a huge learning curve with Kickstarter, with everybody's on Kickstarter. Yep. How much inventory did you have produced? Um, I, I think I had 110 backers and I produced 110 games. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I did it through Game Crafter. I definitely lost money on the whole thing. And that yeah. was that the game that people bought, that people got on Kickstarter was the game that had all of the rules. So like the play testing didn't start until after really that moment. So you've retooled um, it since then, right? So it was Rainbow Rabbits and then it became Rainbow Bunny Bob. What was the, the impetus to change the name? Uh, oh, well, because Rainbow Rabbits is already trademarked by someone no reason. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I did not know that when I started. I found out when I was getting set up for Amazon and I applied for a trademark and I got rejected. Um, and I did, I had a lawyer say, well, you can write to them and say like, hey, you can grant me permission to share this trademark because we're clearly different products. Yeah. Um, they're a book and a stuffy. This is a card game. Like, mm. I don't think there's any customer confusion. Their stuffy is like an actual rabbit that is rainbow colored. Like, so there's definitely no like customer confusion if you looked at the two products. Sure. Um, but their lawyer had advised them that no, they did not want to share because they might come up with a game sometime in the future. Now that you give them the idea. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that was that was just recently though. So Rainbow Bunny Bop just happened. Um, I just got them in two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So this you just went straight to reprint then with the revised artwork rules and the, the name. And then is this something you did through Gamecraft again or did you go offshore this time? No, I'm offshore. Yeah. So this is my second print run offshore. There, nice. I did a print run as Rainbow Rabbits with like the simplified rules and everything back in October. Um, and I sold out over Christmas. So wow, I was congrats. Like, and like bad, like bad logistics. I was like, when I get to a hundred left, I'll reorder. <laughs> like <laughs> it happened really quickly. And then, yeah, I was like, damn it. Like, I think the turnaround times might be a little bit longer than I thought. Yeah. You miss a season, right? Like it's most miss, games are sold between September and December. Yeah. And I miss Easter. They oh. arrived the new, the new set arrived like the day before Easter, but it's like not enough time to send it back to Amazon and get everything. But okay. So are you selling predominantly on Amazon or do you sell to some retail stores as well? Or how are you selling your game? Uh, the last print run was sold mostly on Amazon, like 800 was sold on Amazon. The rest were kind of on my website or I have a couple of retail stores locally that yeah. sell the game. Um, my plan though is to do 50, 50, like ideally if I could get 50% of my stock into game stores and then sell 50% on Amazon or, you know, and eventually like switch it so that I'm not bleeding all my money over to Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's counting as going through stores. I would, I would much rather work with an independent store owner and, you know, sell to them wholesale than just have Amazon taking a cut 
Yeah, I think that the stores too, there's other benefits that come along with that. Namely that by keeping those brick and mortar stores going, they sometimes host game nights. Yeah. They get people interested in the area that do meetups and you know form gaming groups and so forth. So I think overall it's probably better for the health of the industry to support the brick and mortars. Um, but clearly you gotta you gotta be able to pay for your stock too, right? So I think that's kind of a multi-channel approach is, is probably the smart one. Um, so you mentioned another game that you were working on. Is this the next game you're coming with or is there, like, what's next for you? What are, what are you guys doing? Well, I have discovered that I'm probably not a serial game designer. Uh, I might, <laughs> I might've just like hit, like was lucky this one time. Um, I'm, but the game that I'm working on is with another creator. His name is Marlon. Um, and he's got a game called State Animals. And I love his game so much. And I want, I've, we're working together to do a reskin of it so that it is brewery themed instead of Satan themed. Um, Just with the insight, I don't know what it's like everywhere else in the world, but in Seattle, there are tons and tons of breweries. People go there and they play games. They usually have free game shelves and then they also have stores. So like they sell hats and socks and whatever. And so I'm hoping that we can get it to work out so that we can have each of these breweries kind of put their own stamp on it oh that's cool yeah so that's that's the idea anyway how far, um but far, I, is that like next year or when is when do you think this is going to come together um it really depends so in changing the theme we had to change some of the mechanics yeah. um and it's a little bit unbalanced right now so if, if we can crack how to get it rebalanced again um it's as long as it takes to, to get it printed overseas so like two months so like the two months turnaround time is just dependent on us cracking how to make it continue to be fun. Um, Cause I think artwork wise, I've got artwork done. That's okay. Um, but I have a, I think getting artwork will be relatively easy because it's, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, there's going to be just like a lot of cards that are repeated cards. So you don't really need a ton of, a ton of designs. You need like 20 things. Um, spread out across multiple cards so hopefully this year maybe like a launch in december we'll see we'll fingers see. crossed well if yeah. people want to follow your journey so they can follow you on tiktoks so what's your tiktok hang, uh, handle it's rainbow rabbits cards on tiktok and facebook on instagram i changed it to rainbow bunny bop and then had super regrets of doing that because now it's inconsistent but i can't <laughs> change it back so rainbow bunny bop on instagram um and Rainbow Rabbits is my website. Rainbowrabbits.com, I think, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah Rainbowrabbits.com. So if people want to check out this game, go to rainbowrabbits.com. Rainbow Rabbits on your social media channels. I guess if they can do a search, right, they can either just type in Rainbow Rabbits or Rainbow Rabbit Bop, Buddy Bop, and they'll uh, it'll it'll pop up that way. Thank you so much for coming to the Thank podcast. You. It's awesome yeah. having you. We'll talk Thank soon. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.